and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring one secret-filled minute at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And joining us again today, we have Nick Jimenez. Happy Tuesday. Yeah. Um, And this Tuesday, we'll be talking about Minute 32, which starts with Frodo approaching Gandalf as he's sitting smoking in front of the fireplace and ends with everyone's favorite line, keep it secret, keep it safe. Kind of like the OG, save the cheerleader, save the world. Yeah. It's like, I feel like there should be like a mic drop at the end. It's so iconic. <laughs> Just like, keep it secret, keep it safe. Thump. Boom. boom. It's like right, a fraternity I mean, chant. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it, uh, it's arguably the most iconic line in the movie. Well, I mean, mm. thou, you, you shall not pass. Yeah. Uh, One does not simply walk into Mordor. I mean, there's a lot. This movie, this movie in particular, out of the three, spawned a lot of memes. Yes. Oh, me. Fly, you fools. That's true. Fly, you fools. I have no memory of this place. I, that's a good I one. <laughs> when in doubt, follow your nose. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Toucan Gandalf. It comes in pints. It's a personal yeah, favorite. Full of a took. It's full of a took. You've doomed us all. Remember when he was like, Pippin, literally kill yourself. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> next time, throw yourself in and save us the trouble. You know, as a kid, I was like, way harsh, Gandalf. Like, geez. <laughs> That's mean. Why don't you just push him in yourself? God. Aww. I should kill you for what you've done. <laughs> just angry grandpa. I know, like, imagine well, your grandpa saying, like, kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you, you met like you, you drop a vase on the floor, and your grandpa's like, yeah. "Next time, break yourself into pieces." Oh man, <laughs> that's like what you're equating this to. Yeah, yeah, but breaking a vase on the floor doesn't like summon us like an army from hell. Well, maybe it wakes up grandma. Oh, oh, yeah. that's so mean. Oh man, that's like six months from now for you guys, right? Yeah, that's a while from now. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, it's like a hundred minutes away. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, this movie's like 240. I know, we're still in Hobbiton. I don't... I, I know. Everything's... For 17 it. years, we'll still be in <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, I really... It, it, it's so... I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Um, just like all the way through. Um, yeah. I do that thing. I did that thing a lot in college where I would try to get everyone to watch it on like a snow day. You know, right. thing where it's like, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to marathon him. And then I always, we always get to the Council of Elrond and then we like get bored or like start doing something else. Uh, someone has to switch the DVD. I'm right. done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, let's just go make out. I don't know. Whatever, <laughs> whatever happens on a snow day in college. And then, but, but yeah, just watching the, the line delivery of Bilbo's ring. Like we talked about it for a second off mic, but it's. It's it's almost like comforting, you know. There's a little chuckle. Yeah, it's like oh, it's Bobo's ranch. God, just Ian McKellen's. I know we're gonna. I know I'm sure you guys have been talking about this like every episode of the past month. But like, yeah, Ian McKellen it just crushes this role. Oh God. Yeah, he he uh, he talks about his goal with uh, Gandalf's voice was in part to try to sound a bit like Tolkien. Oh. Hmm. I don't think I've ever heard audio of of Tolkien speaking there is um there's not a full reading but there is some audio of Tolkien reading, reading parts of Lord of the Rings yeah mm. and Ho- the Hobbit too right yeah and I think the Hobbit as well 
I would so kill Gandalf for was life. trying to kind of emulate Tolkien's voice in the way that he speaks as Gandalf. Like his cadence. Like the middle class trying to be kind of overly polite and proper in his speech kind of thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. So British is what you're yes. saying. <laughs> I mean, I would kill for like, if, if they were just able, I don't, I don't even know if this was possible, but if there was just like telephone conversations between just him and C.S. Lewis. Oh, yeah. Like the transcripts. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's kind of a it's kind of amazing to really think that like C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien were were buddies, right? When they were writing like their great works, and then they had a falling out. Cause then they, they had a falling out later in life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why is the lion Jesus? <laughs> Why are there so many goddamn elves? <laughs> My story's Two about witches? people. Why is yours about? Little people. You can't just... There can't just be a green witch all of a sudden. (laughs) You've already got a white witch. You have a white wizard. Shut up. (laughs) Four wizards. Two white wizards. Don't two of them show up. Does Radagast ever make an appearance in the Lord of the Rings book trilogy? Yeah, I I I, I just looked that up. Uh, a little while ago, because me and uh, me and Cassandra were talking about that, and we were unsure. He does. He uh, Gandalf talks about his meeting with Radagast in the Lord of the Rings books. Oh, but Radagast is never like, "Hi, I'm Radagast." Like he he's never like a character. And I think it's it's like a flashback scene that Gandalf is talking about. Okay, and yeah. the blue one is just not even a factor ever. because it's yeah, because, the two blue ones don't even show right. up. But it's because of Radagast that Gandalf goes to Saruman's tower. He goes to Isengard. Okay. That's how he winds up trapped. Mm. It's because Radagast and Saruman have been talking, and like then Radagast, you know, mentions that there's stuff afoot, and I'm just gonna stay out of it. So, Maybe you should go talk to Saruman about it. Which is kind of the most Radagast thing he could do. Right. I'm gonna sit over here and play with my birds, I guess. Hang out. And just get super just super turned. But you know, <laughs> thanks for kicking Sauron out of my forest. I'm cool. Now I can keep riding my squirrels. <laughs> rabbits. There were rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> the Rustavelt rabbits. Yeah. I, I love that, that line was that. in The Hobbit. <laughs> These are Rustavelt rabbits. I'd love to see them try. I love that line for no good reason. That's because it's... Uh... Just because it's Sylvester McCoy. It's just so funny to me. Yeah. I like where Saruman talks about how, like, just bad Radagast smells and how he smokes too much weed and his teeth are all yellow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been hanging out with you too long. <laughs> Yellowed his teeth. I mean, this, this is petty. <laughs> Meanwhile, he has an entire storehouse full of Hobbit pipe weed. Oh, does he? Oh, yeah. yeah. Saruman. Remember the, the chapter Flotsam and Jetsam in Two Towers is just Mary and Pippin raiding the storehouse yeah. while Isengard's flooded. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, it, it's kind of like that scene in Pineapple Express where... Uh, <laughs> Where Saul is like, El Dorado, the legends are true. (laughs) (laughs) Only it's like Mary and Pippin floating on a log and they were just like, a barrel of old Toby. And they freak out. (laughs) Welcome, my friends, to Isengard. Uh, We don't don't need to start quoting Return (laughs) of (laughs) the (laughs) King. Too early to start quoting Return of the King. Uh, But I love Treebeard. I love him. (laughs) I wish Treebeard was my friend. Oh, sure. You get nothing done. No. That's true. 
But anything worth saying takes a long time to say. It's literally, I just rewatched Zootopia, and it's literally like that scene in the DMV with the sloths, but like. That's my favorite scene worse. in that movie. Oh, it gives me such anxiety. I would not be able to hang out without hang out with Treebeard because I'd just be like, oh, I don't have time for this. Uh, that scene is my favorite because they. I love that scene because they brought back Kristen Bell as a sloth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, so now that we're way out here yeah. in Zootopia. <laughs> what do we have <laughs> for this? Yeah. Uh, we've gone to another mystical land. Where we're. Predators are persecuted for just needing to eat meat to survive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Mark Ardesky, one of the other producers, yeah. during this minute, yeah. let's get back on track. Okay. In the, uh, sure. in the production commentary, he talks about how Elijah Wood heard that they were casting for this movie, but that they were primarily interested in British actors. But he recorded a, an audition tape himself anyway of him just reading lines out of Lord of the Rings as Frodo. Oh, my God. What a nerd. And sent it directly to Peter and Fran. And it was one of the tapes they sent along to New Line. And Mark Ordesky said, uh, I, I don't remember if this is exact quote. I kind of jotted it down quickly. That essentially once he saw that tape, there was no other person for the role but Elijah Wood. Hmm. Yeah, I I think it's it's really cool watching the, these movies now knowing that Elijah Wood has gone on to have like a really kind of interesting prolific career um not not as like a movie star but you yeah. know like kind of like a kind of like an indie film like a, like a like a movie like a like a movie nerd's movie star you know what i mean yeah he's never really made another like big name movie yeah but like you know wilfred and like i i'm a big fan of his work in the horror genre i think the the Grand Piano, like the movie he made. Have you guys ever seen the movie called Grand Piano? Where I think it, so. It's like speed, but with a piano. I remember the first thing I ever saw oh, him in. Really? Yeah, it's like he's a he's a he's a prolific like wonder kind like pianist that had like a nervous breakdown five years ago, and now he's like making his big comeback show, and so he's like playing, and then like he his earpiece turns on, and it's like I think it's John Cusack, and he's like, hey, I'm a sniper. And if you hit one wrong note, I'm going to shoot you from like this balcony. Oh. And, huh. But and then there's like I think there's also like a bomb in the piano, so that if he plays a wrong note, it'll like explode. That's so bizarre. Yeah, that's something else. It's great. It's on Netflix. I think it's like 80 minutes long. It's really good. Oh wow, that sounds worth watching. I remember the first thing I saw Elijah Wood in. Was a flipper? No. Flipper. Oh my god. Uh, I forgot he was in that. Uh, I remember <laughs> the first thing I remember seeing him in was The Faculty. Oh, he's so good. Scott and I were just talking about The Faculty. That's one of our favorite movies. Uh, I love that movie. I, That's on Netflix yeah, right now. We, too, I think. It's so good. We named we named a character in Geek by Night after it, uh, Stokely. Oh, oh. nice. Um, I yeah, and the then Faculty all the way through because it's I, horror is not my genre. Yeah, I love horror movies. Yeah, and he's also really he's also in Deep Impact when he was like ten. <laughs> um. That movie. I forget that he was in stuff when he was a kid. Yeah, he's in that movie with Macaulay Culkin where Macaulay Culkin's evil. Oh, um... Like Bad Seed or something like that? Oh, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, um, it's like the mom adopts Macaulay Culkin and he's like, I'm evil. And Elijah Wood's like, oh no. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> that, won't, that won't work at all. <laughs> How will we manage this? Uh, and then it becomes a comedy. It's a great, yeah, great it's a great ride. And then he's in that Dirk Gently's holistic detective agency show that I haven't started yet, but Scott really likes. 
he's also very very good at um at facial expressions and like more physical based acting because he's very very unsettling in Sin City. Oh yeah. Oh like yeah. That. As like that cannibal. As like the silent cannibal boy in the yeah. Argyle like, sweater. That's with like, so with like really with sharp the mirror and sunglasses. Yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's what I yeah. He's just he's him, he and Vigo Mortensen, I think more than any of the actors in the company, really have done the most interesting work. But they've all they've all done really weird stuff. Like Billy Boyd is like a folk singer. Dominic Monaghan will do like nature documentaries. Yeah. Uh, Sean Bean has just continued to be Sean Bean. Oh, yeah. And die and everything he's ever been in. He's yeah. kind of, he's sort of the only one that's had, he's sort of had the fortune of playing another iconic fantasy role in Ned Stark. Yeah. And then, you know, Ian McKellen is Ian McKellen. I don't know. I like, um, I like Dominic McMonaghan in Lost when he's in. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, he does good work in Lost. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Christopher Lee went on to play Count Dooku. Yeah. Count Dooku. Um, yeah. Count Dooku. I, I decided to pronounce it wrong for some reason. <laughs> Dooku. Um, and Dooku. Um, yeah, Orlando Bloom went on to play uh, 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 David Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Will Turner. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about a fifth Pirates movie, but whatever. Yeah. And uh, I can't forget Elizabethtown. I love that. That's my favorite movie. I love Elizabeth Town. It's really good. Like uh, that. That's like my actual favorite movie <laughs> is Elizabeth Town. I still haven't seen that. I'm you should terrible, watch it. I'm a terrible wife. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be interested. That would, that would that'd be man. Wow. Now I'm worried that you like, won't like it. I Because it's a romantic comedy, right? Yeah, but it's also kind of a morbid comedy. Oh. It's yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a uh, it's kind it of a it's very like a romantic dark premise. Yeah, I mean, it opens with Orlando Bloom trying to commit suicide, and yeah. then just kind of deciding not to. <laughs> well, because he get he gets a call that's like, "Hey, you need to go to your dad's hometown and take care of his funeral arrangements." Oh, that's cheery. That's how the movie starts. Yeah, he like designed a shoe that was like the worst shoe ever made. What? And so he's like, "Ah, time to kill myself," and then. Alec Baldwin plays his boss, and the first five min- minutes of the movie, if they don't sell you on it, you, okay. you just won't like the rest of the movie. All right. But I like Alec Baldwin. He's I, in the first five minutes I mean, of the I movie, like, and he's great. I like Orlando Bloom. Do you almost. like Cameron Crowe? Do you like, like Jerry Maguire, almost famous? Um, I don't think I've ever... I haven't seen those. I'm, I have a weird like movie repertoire. Like I haven't seen a lot of stuff. Yeah, but the the stuff I've seen is like weird. Stuff. Have you seen? Uh, have you seen Say Anything? No. Okay. That's like the best. I mean, that's <laughs> I, I love romantic comedies, and even if they're bad, uh, <laughs> you guys have like a Cameron Crowe month or something. Yeah, maybe we'll just watch like random stuff that. Well, we could do like random movies that we like act- that the other hasn't seen. No, no, no. That like every actor has been in. Oh man! Like in the you know. Yeah, but for John Reese Davies, I'd rather just like watch Sliders. Until his character leaves. Oh, we can do that. Whatever. Uh, or you can watch. Uh, you can watch two of the four Indiana Jones movies. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or Princess Diaries two, the Royal Engagement. I love Princess <laughs> Diaries. <laughs> we oh. are once again very far away. That's fine. I mean, we're talking about the actors, I guess. It's so all tangential. It is all tangential. It's fine. Uh, so yeah. This, so Gandalf uh, books it. Yeah, he just leaves. Yeah. Bye. And, uh, 
That shot where Gandalf is like looking out the door after he's opened it right before he leaves is apparently just Ian McKellen standing on a box with Elijah Wood in the set behind him. Instead of like doing a blue screen, it's just Ian on a box. Yeah, it's too much trouble to do the blue screen because it takes like all day to to film multiple takes for each one. And then, yeah, yeah. Have you seen? um, There's this production diary that's like surprisingly really like frank. Where uh, during the Hobbit, where they would film. They did. They, they did do that where they would film Ian McKellen alone and then the dwarves alone and then they would just digital digital them all together. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ian McKellen, there's this really heartbreaking footage of him like sitting on on that table where all the dwarves are just alone. And he <laughs> and he's just like, why am I doing this? Why am I? Why am I an actor? This is soul sucking. I'm not having any experiences with humans. Oh my god! And, and Peter Jackson's like, yeah, but it's better now. Because <laughs> computers, yeah. this is how I always wanted to do it. I've become what I hate. Don't you get it? I've become George Lucas. <laughs> and then the end's like, oh my god, what have I done? <laughs> is, is this how Chris felt when he went and worked on Star Wars? Oh. <laughs> I won't find out because I don't have. I don't get to have any scenes with people. <laughs> So it's happened to you. I like yeah. that this one is still like low tech and close to it's like weird, yes. almost B movie roots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I, I, I loved. I mean, like I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. My, my extended edition of the DVD. It's, it's really worn and weathered. But I, I mean, that was my film school is watching the, the appendices and learning yeah. all like the, you know, the depth and the trickery and the sleight of hand and like. I think I think that is so much more. I mean, you know, I, I think computers and digital effects are gorgeous and have a time and place. But I oh, mean, they can be done right, like like Gollum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they can oh, be done absolutely. wrong, or they can be done wrong, like Azog. Yeah, yeah. Where they literally had a beautiful. I mean, it was disgusting, but beautifully disgusting. <laughs> you know, Weta orc practical design. They got um, homeboy from Arrow that played. Um, uh, Homeboy from Arrow. Yeah, uh, Slade Wilson. I forgot his superhero name, but Slade Wilson. Oh yeah. Oh, that's uh, uh, Deathstroke. Manu Bennett. Yeah. Um, that actor played Azog, and he put on the the makeup and the the uh, the the prosthetics, and he looked gorgeous. And then they just digital overed him. They just painted over him, and that made yeah, him, and he looked made so him look like walking carved marble. It's weird. Yeah. And like Azog is such a hollow villain for that entire trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, his uh, his second in command in those movies is supposed to be the big orc at the end that's in charge of the army, uh, Bolg, yeah. the one that Legolas fights instead. Mm. Yeah, isn't it like his son or something? Yeah, I think it's his son. Oh, because he's like because Azog is supposed to be dead. Oh, that's such a better. Durin killed him. That's such a better like narrative choice because then you have the son of the orc that died killing. Like and trying to kill the son of the dwarf. The guy that killed his ah. dad. Yeah. Oh my god. It, wow, it makes way more sense narratively yeah. than just having this guy not be dead. Yeah. For no good reason. It's because he has like a cool weapon sword hand. He's orc Captain Hook. Who cares? Uh. <laughs> yeah, I haven't even um, Battle Weird of Five Armies. Is the only one of the Hobbit movies that I didn't watch the extended editions of. 
I haven't seen any of the extended editions of those Hobbit movies. I can't even bring myself to think of extended editions. I only I only have the theatrical edition of The Hobbit. I don't have any of either of the other two movies on DVD. Oh, I only have the theatrical. Journey, yeah, I went Journey. through I, I I went through a hard I mean like I totally what happened with the prequels where I just I I couldn't bring myself to dislike the Hobbit movies. So like when the extended edition of Unexpected Journey came out, I bought it. And was like, please, God, just. <laughs> I, see, I, uh, I got rid of my my box set of the, the Star Wars prequels. Not that I am not a prequel defender for the most part, but that I can't imagine myself just deciding I wanted to watch one of them. So I just got rid of them. Mm-hmm. Huh. What if we like want to rewatch them? I mean, maybe I shouldn't have because now I'm really interested in watching the Star Wars movies in machete order. So. Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, you watch five. You you watch four, five, two, three, six, and just skip one. Why? Because if you watch them that way, what you get is Luke's story, and then at the end of Empire Strikes Back, when it's revealed that Vader is Luke's dad, you go through an extended flashback of Vader's fall. Okay. And then you go back and watch sense. Episode Six. Interesting. Um, our own our own Scott Corelli just got done recording his uh, his first guest hosting stint on Star Wars Minute. Oh, oh yeah. awesome! Yeah, so that'll be coming out here in a few. He was he was really uh, he was really excited. Yeah, I would. I uh, I'm really excited to someday guest on Star Wars Minute. We're gonna eventually have at least one of this the Alex from Star Wars Minute because yeah. he's already said what section he would like. I need to talk to Pete about it, but yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I think that I think we've uh, we've pretty much exhausted this minute of material at this All point. Right. I like I don't know I like having guests because then we, we just, just talk talk about random. I really stuff. like Frodo's vest. Yeah, all the costuming in these in these movies is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I'm convinced on some kind of subconscious level that this trilogy is the reason I went on to become like a theater nerd in high school and college. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I, Lord of the Rings is the reason I got into Dungeons and Dragons. And oh, yeah. Then started becoming more of a nerd in other ways and started like embracing my my geeky tendencies. Yeah. Branching out into like because the first animes I started watching were like fantasy animes, and then like I started going out from there. Lord yeah. of the Rings is like the reason I started <clears throat> writing fan fiction too, and and by extension because I was trying to do like a script before I knew what a script was. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like our origin, all of our origins. Yes, stories. it's my it's my superhero origin story. Yeah. Is my brother my brother buying me a copy of The Hobbit when I was in sixth grade? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it's kind of like you know with with music. It you know for me like you like Lord of the Rings is like the gateway drug, you know, or yeah. like when you're in fourth or fifth or sixth grade or seventh grade, I guess for me, uh, it would be like you know American Idiot comes out. And you're like, this is the this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. And then you hear Billy Joe Armstrong say, like, when I was growing up, I listened to The Clash. I'm like, who are The Clash? Next thing you know, you're listening to The Clash. Next thing you know, you're listening to The Sex Pistols. And then you get weirder and weirder. And next thing you know, you're listening to, like, The Stiff Little Fingers, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, and it's like Lord of the Rings. And it's like, well, who did who inspired them? Or who, the next thing you know, you're playing Dungeons and Dragons or, or you know, learning or reading Beowulf and going to the right. source material and just working your way backwards. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Cause it's such a cornerstone stone of pop culture at this point. Uh, I, uh, 
Yeah, I, I've I've read a couple of a couple of essays that arguably Lord of the Rings is the most influential novel of the 20th century. Sure. Yeah. At least as far as I don't know. Even yeah. not just like for fantasy, yeah. just like in general. I think that there's there's a pretty strong argument for that, considering how far it reaches and how much it connects with so many people. Because mm. the, the, the story is very simple. Mm-hmm. And without something like Lord of the Rings, I don't think Star Wars would have existed in the form it exists in. Yeah, because like you, I mean, and none of us are around for this, but I, I think we forget how big of a deal Lord of the Rings, the novels were in like the 60s and 70s. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a I, I read a snippet of an interview with Tolkien once where he mentions that he never really understood how big his stories got until he visited New York City and saw Frodo lives graffitied on the wall of a subway. Mm hmm. Because it was this whole like underground movement still. Yeah. 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 And like, you know, like Led Zeppelin would write songs about it, you know. Uh, yeah. Right. And uh, John Lennon actually uh they were like there was almost a Lord of the Rings movie, like in the seventies or eighties, or maybe it even was the Ralph Baskey one. But I know John Lennon expressed interest in wanting to play Gollum. Wow, that that's a been... weird world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you guys heard about how um, one of the first choices for Elrond was David Bowie. Well, uh, he wasn't a choice, but he really he wanted was. to play Elrond, and, <laughs> and Peter I Jackson pers- was against it. Why? <laughs> and you know, and, and, and no disrespect to Hugo Weaving. But, star power. Yeah. I mean, and no disrespect to Hugo Weaving. I think he's a brilliant actor, but look at the look at the elves of Rivendell, you know, whether it's Lee Pace or well, I mean he's a Merkwood elf, but like Kate Blanchett and Orlando Bloom. And I think that David Bowie aesthetically kind of fits that mold more than Hugo Weaving. Yeah. Yeah, because Hugo Weaving is a very uh, harsh looking man, mm-hmm. I guess is how I would describe him. David Bowie is like one of the most beautiful men to ever be people to ever live, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, the whole Elvish aesthetic is more androgynous. Right. And Elrond is very, very, uh, all well, Hugo weaving is a very masculine looking person. Yeah, and, and David Bowie kind of invented androgynous, at least in like pop culture, you know? Right. 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 I mean, it's like uh, the the whole idea of androgyny. Whenever whenever anyone anyone says that word and like is speaking about actors, mm-hmm. I always think of, or or people in general. There's always two faces that pop into my brain, which are David Bowie and Tilda Swinton. Yeah, sure. How is Tilda Swinton never in that Middle Earth movie? I know. I know. She looks like an elf. Yeah, uh, I I I love her as uh, Gabriel in Constantine. Oh, of course. Topic. Yeah, I remember that being a pretty transformative moment for me watching Constantine and being like, she Gabriel's really hot. <laughs> I love that movie and I will defend it forever. I love, Con- I mean, I, uh, Scott has, we've talked about this and he said that Constantine is a very good movie, but it's a very poor Hellblazer adaptation, which I'm very ignorant of those comics. But yeah, I, I think Constantine is a very underrated movie. I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would agree. It's a, it's a poor Hellblazer uh, Hell, Hellblazer adaptation, but that Keanu Reeves is actually a fine John Constantine, in my opinion. Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm a huge, I'm a huge Keanu Reeves fan. I mean, John Wick all day, every day. But uh, <laughs> that's another discussion for that. Keanu Reeves also would have made a really good elf. Yeah, I don't think he's like fluid enough. Like, 
I don't know. Maybe it's just the way he speaks. He can be. He his his his, uh, his wooden roles just kind of yeah. took Dude, over his career. far to come to this Rivendell. Send off. <laughs> Look at this most excellent place. <laughs> you shall be the Fellowship of the Ring. Just oh man, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Keanu Reeves as Ted as Elrond <laughs> is the most amazing thing ever. Or even, uh, just Keanu Reeves as Ted playing any of the like mentor mm-hmm. style characters in these movies would be fantastic. <laughs> just Keanu Reeves as Ted as Gandalf. Oh God! <laughs> this ring is most heinous. <laughs> <laughs> Throw yourself in next time and rid us of your foolishness. <laughs> oh. We could do this all day. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Might as well. Anyway, so um, you can find us on duelinggenre.com. Uh, co- email yeah. us, contact at lordoftheringsminute.com. Twitter at lotrminute. Tumblr, lotrminute.tumblr.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. We have an official Facebook page as well as a listener group uh, called Fellowship of the Mic. And we have some really cool discussions and pictures and just chat about the podcast Memes. and Lord of the Rings uh, in general. Um, and if you could spare a moment, give us a five-star review on iTunes. That's the nicest thing that you could do for a fledgling podcast, even though we've been you know, around for a few weeks at this point, but still. So it'd make our day. Um, and you can find me and Nick, as well as our co-host Scott on The Doctor's Companion, which is a Doctor Who podcast. Nick and Scott host Back to the Future Minute, and all three of us write for Geek by Night, uh, which is our audio drama podcast. And you can find us on Patreon as well, duelinggenre.com slash support, as well as a one-time donation button and merch for our other podcasts, but not this one yet. And special thanks, as always, to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182, and we will see you guys and Nick again tomorrow, and happy Tuesday. Have a most excellent day. Oh, God. <laughs> Be right <righteous>. Bye. <laughs>